and for me personally, those terms are, you know, I don't want to have to think about, you know, is my health at risk or anything like that. I want to do what is best for me so that I can then go and do what's best for the world. Welcome to the Keto Heroes Podcast, where we discuss the best strategies to massively improve your keto lifestyle, your mindset, and overall growth as an individual. I'm your host, Handsome Ayoa, and joining me this week is Adam. He is a carnivore enthusiast and philosopher. Adam shares his story and the tools he used to go from sugar addict to embark on a 40-day fast to push his limits and resilience. Enjoy. Right, Adam, man, thank you so much for being on the show today. You know, um, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, really. Yeah, no, man, I appreciate you having me on, and I really enjoyed our last conversation, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, definitely. You know, I think our listeners are excited, too. Um, you know, we've seen you grow a lot over the past few months, over the past few years. You know, you've gone through an amazing journey, so we're talking to me before we recorded. Um, and, you know, perhaps just to circle back a little bit more and to kind of step back a little bit further like could you perhaps share with our listeners you know what is it that got you into this field what is it that got you inspired into uh you mentioned to me carnivore you mentioned to me keto intermittent fast and philosophy as well like tell me a little bit about that like what was it that got you into this man <laughs> um so i want to say that what got me into it was the fact that i'd been dealing with health issues most of my life um when i was younger um First of all, like my parents went through divorce and everything, which had a lot of a traumatic effect on me personally. And, uh, you know, whether I knew it or not, I was using uh, food as a crutch. I was using it to give me uh, satisfaction in a place that I, I basically I felt void. Um, and, you know, uh, one of the things that, that I stressed to you last time we talked is that we are nothing but the habits that we continue to produce on a daily basis. And it was just, it was a habit that just got out of control, just constantly, you know, just taking in mouth pleasure of candy and donuts and ice cream. And, you know, like I said, I was in high school, I was, I was a little over 300 pounds and, and it's not surprising why, because I was basically suppressing my emotions and everything with food. And, because I had reached such an unhealthy point in my life where essentially I had been told that if I didn't make a change soon, I was probably going to develop type 2 diabetes at some point, you know, in a very, very, uh, very severe stage of hyperinsulinemia, um, you know, not, no longer able to really metabolize sugar properly and everything. And so that's kind of when I got into, into the area of one, working out and then also figuring out, okay, well, what's the nutrition that's going to actually get me healthy and everything. So, you know, one of the first things I did is kind of what a lot of people do, you know, you remove sugar and sodas because it, it seems like a logical step. Like, you know, I drinking all these empty calories and everything and I lost a little bit of weight and everything, but you know, it didn't get me the results that I wanted. Um, you know, I, I didn't just want to be, you know, okay for the rest of my life. I wanted to feel great. I wanted to figure out what was going to give me, the best possible feeling of of living every day and yeah. being able to being able to not worry about my health and being able to then you know uh, you know my like I told you before my favorite phrase is your health is your wealth 
And, and as I said, now that I've taken control of my health, I feel like I can go out and I can build, you know, whatever wealth I want in terms of, you know, not just, you know, dollar amount, but, but experience. And I can go out and I can experience the world now that I don't have, you know, it, almost like an anchor holding me back. Like my, my health to me at that point time was weighing me down because it was constantly stressing me out. And because I was so worried about it, I felt like it was impairing my ability to take action in other areas of my life. And so now that I figured this all out, made these changes, now I feel like I'm finally moving in a way that is, you know, I'm meant to follow. It's my path. It's my purpose. It's what I'm meant to do with my time here on this earth and everything. And that's why I'm so passionate about this, this area, because for me, this was an act of desperation. You know, I, I, and you see this with a lot of people that do a carnivore diet or an extreme version of keto as well. It's a very last resort act of desperation because, you know, I've tried everything else. I tried IIFYM, flexible dieting, uh, counting calories. I tried low fat, low carb, you know, high protein. I tried vegan at one point. I've tried a lot of things out there. And so it was almost like, well, I've got nothing to lose by just giving it 30 days and just sticking to it for 30 days changed my life. And I haven't looked back since. Wow. You know, you brought, there's like a lot of many important aspects that I think, you know, a lot of our listeners can resonate with, you know, um, I think it's just, you know, really interesting to see how somebody's able to go from from this addiction state from this all of uh, sort of um i mean the totally wrong circle i mean totally bad habits to being able to reshift his lifestyle and you know despite having tried so many things out despite um being told that maybe he's on the wrong path that he was able to reshift it and actually prove it wrong because you know um you brought up a very important point which was like the habits the habits aspect and i always like to tell people you know get your health out of the way so you can focus on other things in life and you were telling me that this felt sort of like an anchor and that you were kind of stuck and um man i just wondered it's, i'm i must imagine that in the beginning it must probably have been the hardest thing to sort of to reshift your habits like redirect where you were going from like your perspectives and i'm just wondering because the type of diet you're doing like a carnivore diet which is like basically almost like a zero carb diet, like that's really extreme. And I just wonder like, did you jump straight in? Like, was it something you said to yourself, I gotta try it out? Or was it something you went step by step until you got to that level? Um, so I was doing a more of a, a low carb keto diet where I was doing um, still, still some greens and everything. Um, I was doing, you know, some nuts here and there. Um, uh, but I was mainly still eliminating carbs. But even when I was starting out keto, I found that I wasn't really getting, I, I wasn't giving me the results that I wanted. And ultimately, at the end of the day, um, you know, we've talked about this before, you could give me the best theory in the world on how to get anything. But if it's not producing me results, then why would I care about it? Yeah, results are everything, man. Yeah. Yeah, same same way with you know same way with making money in in any business that you want to go into you know you you buy low you sell high you know and if if you give me the greatest theory in the world but it doesn't produce me anything then frankly I don't care um, and that's kind of how I feel with with the carnivore diet um, you know it it sounds very extreme and I guess I'm kind of detached from that perspective because it's just my everyday life now 
I've been doing it for 13 months and everything. And I feel, and you know, I could, I tell people every day, I continue to feel better on a daily basis. And that's the main reason why I stick to it because the, the clarity that I, that I'm progressively receiving through maintaining this discipline. Um, it's just spilling over into every other area of my life. And I'm finally starting to, like I said, gain direction and where I feel like I'm supposed to go. Um, but yeah, so I had tried keto, but it still wasn't producing me with the results. And so, um, the first time I heard about it was probably how everybody heard about it. I heard about it from Dr. Sean Baker on Joe Rogan's podcast. And I was like, well, I mean, I like steak, I like eggs, so why not give it a try? And um, when I first started it, it was kind of, it was it was harder in the beginning, definitely, because I was at a point where it was like, in that act of desperation, you think, well, it has, nothing's worked before, why is this gonna work? But, you know, I told myself, you know, I, I had to be objective and be like, I can't dismiss it if I haven't actually tried it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a, that connects to a bigger point that I think that would resonate with the audience over giving them a specific diet strategy to follow. And that's, you're nothing but your experiences. You know, this idea that we have of what knowledge is, um, you really knowledge is what you gain through experience what but in this internet day and age we think we have so much knowledge because there's so many streams of media coming in but ultimately if you've never gone out there and you've never done it then you really know nothing and so you shouldn't dismiss anything until you've at least you know had the humility to try it at least once yeah and that's the thing i think too many you know too many people in my opinion kind of uh make up opinions in their minds based on the on, on experiences they've never had like they take decisions whether they haven't even tried something before and that's a problem because i wasn't like to me for example when i first got into this field into the ketogenic diet like i came from a from an athletic background and you know athletes are tend to be like very high carbers like tend to be very low fat dieters mm-hmm. and i was like that was not easy at me at first but that's the thing you cannot say it doesn't work if you've never tried that and you know ever since it's been like a great journey for me then i would have never determined that had i not tried out and that's the thing that people forget about the aspect of results matter more than just theory like going out there and doing the practical stuff and doing the mistakes perhaps is, is going to help you more than an actual theory despite all of the fact that's behind it of course facts and science is relevant we cannot forget about that but like the simple aspect of your own experiences may contribute more to how you perceive things than other people's opinions or other people's way of saying that it's really important but then again I think that really helps to kickstart this process of, you know, the snowballing concept where you basically build yourself up from, I'm, I'm little and I'm rolling, I'm rolling, I'm rolling, and I'm almost just getting bigger and bigger and bigger as I gain more and more experience. And as you said, I'm gaining more and more wealth in this field in a matter of, I'm able to be more diverse when it comes to my decisions simply because I gain more knowledge and I'm able to adjust that to my own, uh, to my own meanings. You know, I, I really believe, um, to an extent, like this is how we've always lived in a way, you know, because I believe our cavemen, our ancestors back then, when they went out and hunted or, or were searching for food, they couldn't rely, I mean, they couldn't go and just talk to another 
tribe and ask them for advice like they were actually supposed to get out there and hunt themselves and get get the things done because otherwise yeah they would die <laughs> you know they were forced yeah. to make the experiences and connect those uh connect those thoughts with with the results that we're getting so that they can come up with a strategy a plan so that they can survive i mean we've always had that in us um it's 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 funny that you bring that up um i actually just got done so part of what i want to do with this 40-day fast that i'm doing is oh yeah, yeah. so so very quick you know guys um uh this is also one of the reasons why Adam is this week's uh, keto hero. This is because he, uh, you know, I always try to tell people a hero to me is somebody who really focuses on inspiring people, who helps people, who gives people an image of what is attainable and possible. So uh, a figure to look up to almost, not in the sense of I'm better, I'm worse, no, but in the sense of he made it, I can do too. And so here's the thing. Adam, for you guys who don't know, for you aspiring keto heroes, he is uh, going. <laughs> he is on a uh, on a on a forty day fast, which he's going to talk a little a lot more about. But this guy is is extreme when it comes to his challenges. Like that's the matter. That's what I was talking about. But people need to realize. Like, here's the thing: people can get the ability to go from nothing and be able to build themselves up to. I'm trying a forty day fast, just like you know, just casually you know yeah <laughs> so, so um tell us a little bit more about that because that's really exciting yeah it, um it was it was something i was having a conversation with someone about uh uh i was uh talking to you know elliot holst from strength camp um he had just got done doing a 10-day fast after he did that i was like well i could do a five-day fast and then part of me like for whatever reason it was it was just like you know what screw it i'm just gonna do i'm gonna try 40 days but it's not just from food um it's also from uh basically um no sex no food and i'm trying to stay off social media as pop as much as possible so you know no instagram no facebook no twitter all that stuff the reason being is is uh and i want to bring this back all to the point that you made about like uh, coming up through caveman times and everything when we didn't have grocery stores and all that stuff. And, you know, why I think, you know, the carnivore diet ultimately connects us back to what it means to be human. Um, I just got done with this uh, really fascinating book and I recommend uh, every, uh, I recommend everyone read it, but it's definitely something for every young man to read as he transitions from young man to mature man. Um, it's called uh, King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. And this book is about these four archetypes that the psychologist Carl Jung came up with that signify mature masculine energy from a, from a immature uh, boy mass. Uh, they call it immature masculine energy. There's these archetypes, you know, there's the divine child. So think of Jesus Christ where the wor world revolves around them. And then as you get older in time, you know, you, you find out that, okay, you're not nearly as significant in the world. You know, you have to accept that you're, that, that there's this pattern of nature that continues. Now think about that word pattern. What, other, what else comes from that word pattern? Pattern, paternity, paternal. So father time, there's this greater sense of what's going on in the universe and you accept that, okay, your time here is going to be 
sure, you know, you're, you're just a, a drop in the bucket per se. Um, and then once you accept that, then you can go about your life by thinking, okay, the way that I'm going to make the most impact while I'm here is essentially by, is by uplifting those around me, you know, by making sure that I pass on my experiences to whoever might want to listen so that they may empower themselves to improve their lives and the generation after that. And that's ultimately, that's how we got from caves to cell phones. You know, I mean, that's ultimately evolution. And so this book basically says that, you know, this is, this is the, the, the material of mother earth. So think of, think of matter, maternal mother earth, all of this stuff out here, food, uh, everything you see around you, it kind of has this control on you. And so the idea of this long fast and, and doing, doing this period of abstaining from social media and food and, and sex and, and women and everything, it's about transcending the physical world into finding what your purpose is in the greater constructs of, of time. And, you know, th think about, you know, would we still be talking about Plato today if he was just like, you know what, screw this philosophy stuff, I don't want to talk about it. You know, we still talk about him today because the, the things that he said were so profound, the ideas that he had, the concepts that he had, they, they still reign true today. And that's ultimately what all of us can do if we choose to do so with the time that we're given here. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, we grow up, we grow up with our parents or an authoritative sort of a pattern that I believe is just being sort of given to us and we just accept that and we, uh, we absorb that. And the hard part is being objective enough to break the bias and to go out there and break the pattern and come up with your own pattern, as you said, which are based on your own experiences. And uh, it's not easy to do. Like, that's the hardest thing to do. Because mm -hmm. once you have adopted an opinion, uh, once you have once you have created a, like a perception of, of a certain topic for yourself, like breaking that is not easy, simply because your body has come to identify itself with with it so much and so breaking that because it's it's sort of you give away your existence not your existence but your identification in a way that you don't just are not able to find another another alternative to that simply because you've been attached to that so much it applies to diet it applies to your studies it applies to your beliefs and your principles it applies to all of that areas you know i got a lot of people who are like man but I don't know if I can eat fat. Like my 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 mind is just not my mind is just not it like accepting me eating more fat. It's not the body that is not doing it, it's the mind. And there we see how important it is and that people realize your thoughts are able to influence your actions at a much deeper level than you think. Like the 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 beliefs that they've come to accept are so much powerful. And I just wonder like how was it that you managed to do that was was there a figure was there somebody you look up to that helped you to sh reshift that perspective because i believe you know up until that point when you decided man i gotta change i gotta change if it's gonna go down the road so up until that where, did somebody come or was there a certain experience that helped you to reshift the, that beliefs and that thoughts so that you could then start incorporating new patterns new habits new routines that ultimately get to being who you are right now so I would say that it was nothing but a it was nothing but time in which it came to me. Um, 
it's just something you learn through experience. And I mean, that's, that's the only way you're ever going to learn anything is through the experience of doing it. And not only the experience of doing anything, but also the experience of failure. And, you know, an important topic to bring up, especially if we're going to be talking about diet is the, is the concept of the struggle. And, um, you know, the, we're so, we're so, what's the word, sheltered today from, you know, having to do anything difficult. Whereas, you know, if you think back to, if you think back to, you know, caveman times and everything like that, you had coming of age ceremonies, you know, boys would become men, they would go out and hunt. And if it came down to it, you guys were going to war. And so you couldn't, you couldn't be this, this person that was, you know, caught in, in the machine, you know, being a, being a drain on, you know, the value system of the people around you and everything, because you'd probably be either killed or eaten. <laughs> yeah, like you were always forced, almost forced to go through it and learn from it. But then again, you know, struggle, like, it's not a bad thing. Like people tend to, people tend to combine pain and, 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 and struggle with like bad things. And to, but I believe at least it's an experience. I, I believe you can pull something from it. You can learn something from it and it helps you to grow and to go to help you grow in that journey you know where uh, you were talking about happiness as well and whether or not you know struggle and and the fact that you have to develop discipline to make sure you attain certain goals is necessary to get to their happiness standpoint where you actually feel comfortable with you are perhaps comfortable with your, with your skin, but also comfortable with, in general, your situation around you. And too many people avoid struggle, not because it's it, it's the hard thing, but simply because the experience may not be pleasant. But the thing is that it, it's not always supposed to be that way. It, and it's always the experience that you pull from it. Um, that's at least what I believe is, is really important. But then again, we come back to this belief system of, do I think it's necessary to go through it? And uh, but that again is what ha what what's the hardest part for people also to give up like addictions and stuff like a sugar addiction like a like a, a drug addiction alcohol is that you know you are just not 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 necessarily that you're not willing to but the fact that you may not be ready to go through the struggle to better yourself and that's mm -hmm. the thing because. Uh, I believe, especially with sugar, man, like it's a drug. Like people not not even oh. realize how much of an impact it has on you. Absolutely. Easy. I mean, as, as as I haven't eaten sugar in 13 months, and I can honestly say that, like looking back on it, I never had you told me a year ago when I started all this all this stuff that I would have broken my addiction to sugar and I wouldn't even crave it anymore. Like I could walk past like a tray of hot cookies and not think twice about if I want to eat one or not. Like a year ago, that would have seemed absolutely insane to me. But it's like, you know, like we've been talking about, it's that snowballing discipline of, okay, you know, I, I'm following the plan, I'm getting results. And then, so that's going to positively re reinforce my, my, my ability to follow the plan. And so really it's building up that discipline, building up that habits and everything. And, you know, it's not just the most important thing that you can do for yourself is that you can, is, is build that discipline. Like, yeah, it's good to be motivated and everything, but motivation is nothing but feelings. You know, it's, it gives you good feelings in your head. It gives you a good feeling about what you're doing, but ultimately it's that discipline that's going to turn you into machine where if you just, 
do the plan that you're set out to, you're going to get a certain result. And then you have to objectively look at the result. Does it coincide with what you plan to achieve? If so, keep doing it. If not, then critique accordingly. That's how you learn anything in life. That's how society evolves. That's how any technology evolves is you figure out a problem, you try to solve it. And then if it works, you know, you keep going. If not, you pivot accordingly. Yeah. And then that's also why on a certain aspect, you are on this sort of, uh, also 40 day fast, not just from, from, from food and in general, but in general from a lot of other topics, because you got to try it out and you got to do what's not what many people are not willing to do. But then again, that's what gets you to breaking that pattern. That's what gets you to breaking that addiction, because just like sugar, social media as well as a problem. You know, we are caught up on this. And, 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 and I mean, you are extreme in a way that you go straight forward with a 40 day fast. Many people, but then people could just try doing like a, a week fast of not just maybe not food if they're in the ready, but like in general, other topics, you know, that's why many religions tend to do that. Or many people who say, I cannot stick to this so religiously, but I can try at least to stay away from it as long as I can. The same thing goes with nutrition and all that stuff. Try to stick with it as long as you can before you break it or before mm -hmm. you go on a cheat day. Like don't say every week I'm going to have a cheat day. I'm going to enjoy every single week. My, my ice cream I got in the refrigerator. No, go for it as long as you can. And when you break it, okay, but then go back to work. Like go back and 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 try to try to aim for that uh, for the results again because it's not easy. I mean, I've experienced that myself. When you start anything new, you need a certain support system to help you stay in the realm. And otherwise, you're just gonna fall you fall off. You know, it, it's normal. It's human nature. Like we need our support around us to actually grow and keep building ourselves. And you know, I just wonder. Um, uh, did you did you have a social system? Did you have like a social group that helped you uh, to really grow in that, or were you, or did you have to like reshift that as well? Like, or were you, was that also a pattern that you had to break? Like, your believe your social circle. Yeah, honestly, it was it was mostly me doing it by myself uh, because it's a very especially like if you're talking about something like the carnivore diet, it's a very, very small subset of the population that's doing it. And it's even interested in possibly doing something like that. Same for the ketogenic diet as well. Um, and, you know, it, I had to essentially make a choice of, okay, you know, do I want to keep repeating these same patterns of, you know, going, going out and drinking and, uh, you know, occasionally after work or going to, you know, late night restaurants and late night eating and everything like that. Or, you know, do I, do I put my health first? Do I put myself first? And do I sacrifice these other things for the greater goal that I personally want to achieve for myself? And so taking, and this is, this is not, again, just not for diet as well, but for any responsibility in life is taking responsibility for, for anything requires a sacrifice. Um, you know, if you're going to take responsibility for your health, there's probably some things you're going to have to sacrifice. If, you know, if you choose a career, you know, a career pathway, that's still, you're sacrificing other potential pathways for this one. You're taking responsibility for this one thing, this one thing to do well. Because think about, you know, going from a, for going from a child to an adult, you know, a, a child is nothing but is potential you're a plural potential being because there's so many different directions that you could possibly go. And then 
a sign of, of maturity and moving forward is that you start to sacrifice the potential path that you could go down and you slowly figure out, okay, what is it that I can do to, you know, essentially live my life in the way, in the way, in the terms that I want. And for me personally, those terms are, you know, I don't want to have to think about, you know, is my health at risk or anything like that? I want to do what is best for me so that I can then go and do what's best for the world. And, and I found that to be with the zero carb carnivore diet. And in that sense, it really wouldn't matter what it was that was getting me the results. If it was a vegan diet that was getting me these results, I'd be doing that. I'm just doing what I have found is best for my health. And that happens to be a predominantly diet, a, a diet predominantly based on red meat, eggs, a lot of animal saturated fat. And um, another thing uh, to talk about with the audience as well is that in addition to sugar, one thing that I've really made a point to abstain from is seed oils and vegetable oils as well. Um, I really think that they wreck the metabolism. I really think that a lot of people who eat these vegetable oils are metabolically broken and they're absolute garbage. Um, in, my, in my opinion, I think that a lot of the reason why, um, if you look at people that go on the carnivore diet, they see this little bit of weight gain in the beginning and then, in, then they slowly start to burn fat. And then I think what's happening is that basically their metabolic machinery is broken. You know, you've got these, these foods that have really only existed for the last, you know, 2000 to a hundred years. They've only been in our food system a short period of time. Whereas, you know, animal nutritious animal meats and eggs and all these and seafood and everything, it's been around for millions of years. And you, you can talk about, you know, all these case studies that are done with diet and everything. But I think let's look at it from the standpoint of anthropology. You know, caveman wasn't out there getting B12 infused algae from Whole Foods on the weekend and everything like that. If you were hungry, you had to go kill a giant mammoth or something like that. And you were going to be surviving off that for weeks on end because it provided so many calories. And that's ultimately why humans were able to conquer the world is because we were able to go around the world and essentially survive off of any meat. You know, it's uh, I pose this question to anybody who's really skeptical about their ability to eat meat. And I say, okay, if you were dropped in the woods with no provisions and you didn't have any knowledge of the plants around there or the animals around there, how would you get your sustenance? How would you survive? Would you, would you take the risk of eating mostly inedible plants or possibly poisonous mushrooms? Or would you eat that or would you try to kill that animal that's full of protein and fat that you need to maintain a healthy body? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, not an easy question to answer, you know, because... Yeah, in a, in a way, that's true. In a way, if you like, I mean, once you know how the plant is, you know, what plants you have around you, it's, it's different. But then again, we come back to a very important topic that you talked about, you know, that you brought, we said the thing about sacrifices and actually giving up the things um, that may be pulling some negativity into your life and changing yourself for the better, raising your standards and, and simply adopting a new, a new, a new, a new type of circle around you. <laughs> you know, it's it's not easy when you go on a carnivore diet, when you're going on a ketogenic diet, especially which I had to deal with a lot, is that, you know, giving up the other stuff and people tend to feel so restrictive. You know, they say to me like, man, Hans, I don't know what to eat. Like, <laughs> Help mm -hmm. me, man, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to eat. It's just like, they have to sacrifice certain things that may not be negative for them 
uh, the, the, they may perceive as negative, but in the end, it's only gonna benefit their health in the long run. And it's the thing, like, uh, we always tend to think about, well, how do I feel right now? But the importance is, well, how do my decisions affect my long-term development? You know what yeah. I mean? And so, yeah. um, it's crazy. I would love to hear your opinion on that, because I just believe when you give up, like, certain things, you also tend to give up certain standards. And you also adopt new standards. Uh, you mentioned to me something really important about uh, your social circle and how your so social circle, depending on your standards you have, like the people you have around you, sort of meet similar standards that you have. And I think that was a really interesting topic. Perhaps you could share a little bit more insight about it in, uh, to your listeners. How about that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, they, I believe it, I don't know who came up with this quote, but it's, it's something along the lines of you're the average of the five people you keep around you most. And for me personally, you know, when I was trying to start this diet and everything, um, I didn't really have that many people around me that were like, Oh, let, like, let's do it together or anything like that. And so it was mainly like myself, you know, doing it by myself and then maybe talking to a few people online and stuff like that. Um, but still that was to have just a couple people that, could be empathetic to my situation because they were in this, they were in a similar, not the same situation because we all have different experiences, but they were in a very similar situation to where they had these autoimmune disorders. They had these, these health problems that basically no matter what, what medication, whatever lifestyle diet they were trying, they weren't getting the results they wanted, which was ultimately to feel good. And so they did it out of an act of desperation as well. And having people like that, that can relate to you, uh, you know, walk, walk in your shoes per se. Um, it definitely helps. And so I definitely encourage people to, you know, find an accountability system because, you know, in this day and age of the internet and everything, you know, you can get all the media, you can get all the theory in the world that you want. But like we said, it's all about putting it into application and, you know, the, the, the information is out there where most people fall apart is they just don't stick with it and everything. And I think that accountability is a big part of it. And to go back real quickly to what you were saying about, okay, well, I don't want to give this up uh, now, but you know, I'm worried about my long-term health. You know, I, I tell people think about it like this and do a thought experiment where, you know, you have two potential areas where you could go, you know, let's say one is an extremely, you know, you, you, you have an avatar, a vision of yourself where you're this very healthy person. Let's say you, your goal is to build a successful business. You're doing that. You've got a great relationship. You've got great friends. You're well-valued in whatever community you're in. Or you kind of go this other way where, you know, you're kind of depressed and you keep getting the same habits. And it's a self-feeding uh, self cycle of like, okay, well, the, it didn't work out, and so I medicate my feelings with food, which causes me to get even deeper in the hole, and then you almost make an exponential down, whereas the other one's like an exponential up, and that's uh, kind of what we touched on last time, where it's, you know, there is no staying the same. You're either expanding or you're contracting, and if you think that you're staying the same, then you're just contracting. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Um, it's confusing. It's confusing. It's, it's a... Yeah. Not confusing, but you get fooled by it so easily that you think, you know, um, you know, 
you're either growing or you're falling. And the thing is that your social circle will influence that so much. Like people don't even realize how important it is to have the right people around you. Because as you said, it's an exponential growth to the top. Because those people, they have certain standards, they have certain ambitions, certain uh, things they're striving for, and then you sort of start to compare yourself. Because we, we're humans, and we naturally tend to compare ourselves to the people, and that's why it's, it's, it's surfing so much on the web, on the social media is so wrong, because, you know, seeing so many people living seemingly perfect lives is just going to harm your self-perception because you believe, man, I'm just a piece of, of crappy meat out there laying because I cannot meet their standards. But then mm -hmm. again, like... That's the wrong thing, but it's natural. I mean, we people tend to compare ourselves with everything we, we surround ourselves with. And that's why it's so important to have a right social circle around you that has similar ambitions so that you can go out there and, 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 and try to compare yourself but also be better. You know, I always tell people, like, imagine you're running a, imagine you're running like a hundred, a hundred yard dash, but you're running, you know, with people that may not be as fast as you then, for sure you're going to win, like you're going to be the best probably, you're going to break the record there in the group. Problem is that it's not going to benefit you. Like you could be very good in that area, but it's not going to benefit you. But then again, if you run with somebody who's much faster than you, somebody who's just, who's been in this field for longer, who's had the experiences and who has the knowledge, then out of the sudden you're not the best anymore. But the simple fact that he is thriving more, is push is pulling you and forcing you to keep moving forward and to push a little bit more and to be a little bit better and this is what really helps people to stick to anything whether it's the ketogenic diet whether it's the carnivore diet it helps you to be there and whether you realize well do i choose to be a victim do i choose to be comfortable with where i am and stay with the negativity that, are, that i'm around you whether it's your social circle that's thriving negativity into your life whether it's your eating habits that are thriving uh, and, and just pulling negativity into your uh, everyday life or do I choose to take action and adopt uh, a winner's, a conquering mentality and to actually get out there and change everything for the better. You know, I think that's really important and um, I just wonder, man, like, is decision making something that has been impacting you on a lot of basis because making a decision, like making the decision to change because one thing is knowing what to do, the other thing is actually executing. And you mentioned about mm -hmm. the importance of not just, you know, changing in the mind, but actually changing with the actions and the things that you do. And so I believe, uh, I just wondered, like, um, where was the social circle or where the sacrifices, the things that forced you to go and make those decisions more easily? Or was it something that you started with and then went on to make, like, adopt the discipline, the routine, all that stuff? Um, it's definitely something that, in you know, this is if if exercising new habits was easy, then everybody would be doing it, right? Um, and, and it's funny that you bring up the idea of this victim versus conquering mentality, because uh, in the in the book that I was telling you about, that's actually one of the big signifiers that you've gone from you know this immature immature mentality to a more mature mentality is you go from seeing yourself as a victim of your circumstances to understanding that, you know, really it comes down to how you exercise your will. You know, it starts by saying like, I will, I will, I will, instead of saying, I am, I am, I am like putting that, I will exercising your will, being able to say no to the temptations of society. That's what really strengthens you. And uh, to that point about 
expanding and contracting in decision making, you know, the the big topic that I like to tell people about is delayed gratification. So you could have something right now taste delicious and everything, and you could keep doing that, you know, for the short term, and you'd enjoy it and everything, but at the detriment of your health in ten years. Or you could choose to make the sacrifice from that stuff now exercise whatever new discipline you feel is going to move you closer and closer to your goals and understand that the sacrifice you're making now is for the benefit in the long term. It's for, you know, because you, you know, ultimately, you know, I don't think anybody actually wants to detract their entire life. I think, you know, we all want to be better. We all all want to be better in some way. And so being able to, being able to have this idea of where you want to go once you hit that, you know, once your decision making, because that's, um, you know, that uh, the book that we talked about last time, the compound effect, this is where this topic is taken from. Um, it's by Darren Hardy. I recommend everybody in the audience read it. Um, very short, like a hundred pages, but it's in the one show of the most, notes, guys, as you know, it's in the show notes, go pick yeah, it up. <laughs> one of the, one of the most life changing books I've ever read. Um, but basically it's this idea that every decision you make, whether you know it or not, is compounding towards, you know, either an expanding, you know, avatar or a contracting avatar. And so when you can really think about it in, okay, am I progressing or is doing, is executing these habits taking away from where I want to go? So, you know, say sleeping in or, or name, name whatever, you know, quote unquote destructive habit you want to talk about then when you can objectively analyze that, then you can start to say like, okay, this isn't getting me towards my goal. I'm going to try this. I'm going to see how it works. And then, you know, assess accordingly. Like I said, pivot from there and then you keep going. And ultimately that's how you, that's how you get through anything. It's being able to build up that discipline, which while it is hard in the beginning, I think that if you come towards it with the right frame of mind, then you'll understand that, the discipline that you build now is only going to benefit you in the long run. Mm. Is this is this what helped you to make it make like a lifestyle, an actual lifestyle? Because you've been on it like now for long, long enough to call it a lifestyle. Like the carnivores died. Uh, was this what really helped you? That you said, well, I realize it's not a quick fix. It's not a it's not a thing I'm just going to experience for the next two weeks and then well, go back to where it was. No, it's actually a long term change that I wanted to do. Um, was this then what got you into making this thing a lifestyle? Because people tend to forget it's not diet, it's not it's not a quick fix, it's not it's not this pleasure as you told it. No, it is a long term lifestyle. It's a, an approach. It's a holistic way of looking at things. Um, uh, it, was that the ultimate point that got you into making a lifestyle? Then I think that what helps with kind of cementing it as a lifestyle that I wanted to follow was more so that as I was seeing actual results in body composition and I was starting to feel better um, as, you know, all the brain fog subsided and all that stuff, um, you know, one of the reasons why I stick to this more than ever isn't even for body composition anymore, but it's for the mental clarity. I can't tell you how good it feels to, on a daily basis to, to be, you know, you know, I guess, for lack of a better term, in ketosis all the time, you know, constantly, you know, burning this clean fat, you know, stored in my body for fuel versus, you know, taking glucose and then crashing every two hours only to take in, you know, more and and keep that, 
keep that craving cycle going and everything like that. The, the liberation that I have from the control of food is ultimately what made me do this as, as a lifestyle. Um, because like I said, now I, now I can take all this time that I was spending worrying about is my health okay. And now I can put it towards other things. And as I was gaining results in this area, I started to realize like, okay, if I can, if I can actually get results in this area, well then I can get results in other points in my life. You know, I can start a business, you know, I can start, you know, in investing in, in the markets that I'm interested in and making money. Like if I actually start doing it, then maybe I'll see results. And to the point of, you know, being scared of trying, okay, like I get it, like, but it's not supposed to be easy. And any action that you do poorly is still better than no action at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's baby steps. Like, it's still progress. It's still progress. But then again, you cannot confuse, like, just doing something does not mean you're progressing. I do believe that movement doesn't equal progress. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have to change certain things in order to do the progress because you could do a lot of work. You could spend hours and hours trying to do something and still not move. Like, the efficiency of the things that you do is important. That's something we were always talking about when, we, when I was at least very, when I, uh, when I competed in, at an elite level in soccer, it was that, you know, the effectiveness, the efficiency of your training is much more important than the quantity. Like, don't ever give away quality at the expense of quantity, you know? That's always what I tell people. Like, focus more on quality and the quality of your lifestyle, the quality of the things you do, the meats you eat, the friends you hang out with, the, 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 the projects you're on. Like, it's all going to benefit you more than just doing more, more, more. But it's actually about getting more and more done. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, you know, I just wonder, like, how do you have a certain routine? Like, do you focus on other aspects other than, I mean, you, you mentioned you do like intermittent fasting and carnivore diets, of course. Uh, but do you incorporate other other systems that help you to stay with that? Like, do you do some cold showers? I know many people too like to do some meditation, some walking, some jogging. I don't know. Um, you mentioned fitness as well. Like, you do a lot, like, you're doing a lot of things. I'm probably overstepping that boundary. Yes, you know, you're already a pretty diverse individual. But I just wonder is there anything that's really personal to you that you say, I gotta keep this going because um, that really helps me to stick to it other than just the diet and the exercise? Um. Yeah, well, and, and this is this is probably one of the most important lessons that I feel like the audience could take away from something like this. And that is because we mentioned in this in this and this is part of the reason why I wanted to get off social media for a little bit. Um, in this day and age, it's so easy to play the comparison game with others. Um, but ultimately, all you should be doing is comparing yourself to who you were yesterday. And it's from that that you will know whether you're better or worse. We get so caught up in looking at other people and comparing ourselves to them when that gives us no measure of how we're doing because we're not the same person. The only way that you're gonna be able to, to you know, measure your progress is if that you keep trying to better yourself every day as you go along. And that was probably the most important lesson that I could learn. And, you know, I mean, for me personally, uh, I do do like cold showers. Um, I do meditation. I walk. I walk all the time. I love walking, listening to podcasts, audiobooks. Um, yeah, like 
during during walking and everything it gives me time to do like goal setting and visualization and, and think about you know what what do i want to write that day or, or what do i want to get done that day um but ultimately like you know one of the things that also keeps it going for me is ever since i was a kid i was always fascinated with lifting weights and stuff and i always wanted to be i always wanted to be like healthy and fit and stuff put on muscle and all that stuff and the that's one of the things that keeps me going in, in the gym every day as well is like, I'm just trying to get better than I was yesterday. And ever since I've been able to take that mentality about improving myself, I've seen way better results than when I was worried about like, okay, well, I'm a, am I going to be better than this other guy? None of that shit matters. Like all you got to do is worry about yourself. Are you yeah. progressing on a daily basis and, and create your habits around that. And then, everything else is is mechanical the discipline is mechanical that's just you functioning but you you have to want to make a change in your life yeah and that's the thing you gotta have a purpose you gotta have like a certain vision that where you see yourself in the future wanting to get there and then just taking a step 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 and not just thinking not just comparing the end result with where you are right now because that's what makes it so impossible at least so seemingly unattainable but then again you have to acknowledge where you are and where you have come so far you know that's a really great uh, way of thinking and that's why i always like to ask uh, people when we um you know i always like to ask people like what is it you have in mind what is the goal but then again pick the goal the long-term goal and micro-break it, break it into micro-goals. And, and then, then, then focus on that. Because, you know, every single people, every athlete as well does that. Like, for example, runners, you're always so look forward. Or, for example, a swimmer, uh, you see Michael Phelps in his pictures, when, he's take, when people take pictures of him, he's always focusing on the goal, on the long-term goal, focusing on getting that medal, getting on winning that, uh, that, that race. Like you see the other people looking around and he's just like focused on, uh, on forward because that's the thing. Once you start comparing your results with others, that's when you fall off. But mm -hmm. the thing is that you, as you mentioned, you are, our experiences are not equal. Like my experiences differ from your experiences. My journey has been different from yours and my journeys and goal is going to be different than what yours is supposed to be. And so, mm -hmm. um, comparing ourselves tends us to fool our beliefs and sort of, think that we're not progressing although we're making the steps forward which again only becomes uh visible once you look back and once you see oh man i i i i'm now actually able to deadlift much more oh wow right. i'm actually able to go in the longer fast what i don't even have cravings anymore like you see like you start to realize those things once you look back like not in the moment but once you look back into what happened and how you got there that's really interesting well, and, and I think there's a fine line between when you talk to somebody about their experiences. Like we said, the only thing that you can offer the world is the experiences that you've learned along the way. And you can, the, the beautiful thing about this existence and being able to teach others is that they can then take what you teach them and implement it into themselves to see if it, if it will give them results in themselves. And so there's a fine line between like, okay, can I learn from this person without constantly trying to be better than them, be better than them and compare myself to them? Can I take what they did for themselves and apply it to me in some way? Like, that's what I love about stuff like, 
uh, podcasts or, or even books in this sense is, okay, you know, it's all this information that comes from one person's experience. And now, you know, like they say, the mind once stretched by an idea never retains its original form. So now I have this new reference frame from which I can look on my life with this new amount of information. And, and, you know, maybe I can see like, oh, well, this is the problem that this person had when they were trying to make changes in their daily habits. Well, maybe I'm having something of a similar issue, you know, might not be exactly the same, but we all have our own struggles that we have to do. And I think the more people you can learn from, you can gain more insight into what potential pitfalls there might be along the way and know more about what, uh, you know, what setbacks you might be more prone to. You know, my setbacks aren't going to be the same as your setbacks, same as it's not going to be, you know, somebody I work with, it's their setbacks aren't going to be the same. I would never tell anybody, hey, go do a 40-day fast if you want to be healthy. Like, that is not for optimum health. This is just something that I'm doing because I'm nuts, right? Um, you know, I would say, like, look, if you've never fasted a day in your life before, you know, try to do one day next week and just skip breakfast. You know, that's if you did that, that's progress compared to the last week. And you know what? Next week, do two days. And if you can, after that, do three days. And, and you know, that's it's, it's that, like you said, breaking those goals into micro goals because – you know, if you've never done, if you've never done a pull up before, your goal shouldn't be to do ten pull ups. You know, right away, yeah, it, it should be. be it, I, <laughs> I just, I just want to. You know, yes, I want to do ten pull ups at some point. That's that future avatar way up on that exponential curve. But in that short term area, mm. you know, just do one pull up and then try to do two, and then try to do three. You know, break it. Don't overcomplicate it. You know, and. And when, when you do have setbacks, it's important that you acknowledge that it happened and you acknowledge why it happened. And so that for your future direction of whatever habits you need to exercise, then you can uh, tailor them accordingly, you know, knowing what setbacks you might personally be prone to. Yeah. And then, you know, having somebody uh, give you that experience and learning from it, you know, I do believe in the power of, of um, not just from a time efficiency standpoint that you don't have to go through all of that experiences but having someone who's gone through similar situations as you have teach you or or or, or, or sort of uh, convey what they know to you so that you adapt it and save yourself more time and know what to do because they've gone through similar experiences as we said it's not may it may not be the exact same thing but it's similar and they can resonate with what you're talking about go back to the social social circle going going back to the empathy which is really key it's really important to really be able to look into other people's worlds and pick up certain informations and adjust it to your life and see how it works because that's the thing I tell people don't just adopt a cookie program don't just adopt a certain diet like question everything question me question question uh, the expert the guru question everything you have around you and implement it to your life see if it works for you because that's the important thing that's how you learn how to fix things that's how you learn how to make it a lifestyle, not just what to do and going through the guidelines, but knowing how to do it and learning and being able to implement it on the long run, which is ultimately what's the most important thing. Being able to mm -hmm. teach that stuff to other people, the impact you have on other people's lives. You know, yeah. that's really important. Well, interestingly enough, so um, that's actually the basic, that's the basic foundation of the magician archetype in masculinity. Um, that I learned from King Warrior Magician Lover. 
the magician is somebody who we, we think to be wise and we call him the magician because he has this, this wealth of knowledge that we don't possibly understand where it came from. And so throughout time, we had shamans and priests and all, all these different people that we, we consider to be elders that taught us the stories of how to progress, you know, through, through life essentially with, with efficiency. And if you think about it, I mean, that's, that's evolution and capitalism in a nutshell is each successive generation makes it easier because the previous generation teaches them the faults that they experience so that the, that the upcoming generation will not experience those faults, but they'll be able to move mm. past those. And then, uh, you know, with that, they'll experience new problems and then they'll be the ones to fix those. And then you compound that over generation and generation. Again, that's why I really believe that this, this all meat diet puts us in touch with what it means to be human. You know, we, we evolved essentially, you know, on the carnivore diet. I really think that our, the conserved metabolic machinery that we have, you know, in terms of glucagon, insulin, uh, carnitine, and how it shuttles fats into the mitochondria to be oxidized yeah, for energy. Exactly. Um, you know, all of this stuff had to be conserved for a reason. And that's why I think that an all meat diet really is truly species appropriate. And then everything else that you can tolerate is, you know, just additional based on maybe, you know, like your genetic history of where, say, where your family was brought up. Like for me, a lot of my background is Northern European. So I tolerate dairy fairly well. You know, I tried eliminating dairy for 30 days in the beginning just to see if it was giving me a problem and I added it back without any detriment. And so as long as it's zero carb, I enjoy it on this. Um, but I'm not saying that's for everybody. Um, you know, if you, for ex you know, the easiest example is like most of the Japanese population is dairy intolerant, but that's because they didn't evolve with cows. You know, whereas maybe like in Ireland and in Sweden and, and Iceland, these Northern European areas, they had that in the diet and everything. But below that, you know, I think that there is a, species appropriate you know all meat diet we're very well made to digest meat and the reason being is because it saved us time in terms of obtaining nutrients if you look at the if you look at the digestive machinery of say a chimpanzee or our primate predecessors they have more machinery to break down fiber but the fiber that they break down actually gets turned into ketones so what did humans do? Well, basically we cut out the middleman, we cut out the fiber mm -hmm. and we were just getting fats from directly from the source. And so it's almost like, well, why do we have an appetite anyway in the first place? Well, it's because you need two things. You need structure, that's protein. You need fuel and that's fat. And so that's why we have an appetite. And uh, one of the, have you ever noticed like you can't really overeat on a lot of meat? Like you Bro, can't, uh, yeah. like, 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 like a ton, like tons and tons of pasta. Like you could just crush bowls of pasta for days, but then you know you try to eat a plate of steaks, you're gonna hit a wall at some point. Yeah, that's because we we evolved to eat protein to satiety. Essentially, that's mammals were were driven to eat protein to satiety, and the reason why we're so obese in this day and age is because not only are our protein, are is the protein in our food. Uh, diluted so there's less of it per you know serving but also we're having to overeat all this energy in order to get the protein that we need we're still hungry 
And, you know, I just, I look back at doing like a calorie restricted, like macro counting diet and everything. It's like, well, no wonder I felt like shit. Like I was in a calorie restricted state. Like I was, I was basically every time I depleted my carbohydrates, I just wanted more. I was always hungry. Whereas, whereas now, like I said, I feel like I've healed my metabolic machinery because I'm actually intaking what is meant to be, uh, what, what it's meant to be used for. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, I can totally understand what you're saying. Like we could definitely say that we have come to totally disrupt our, 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 the eating patterns that we were meant to adopt from a genetic standpoint, from a, from a human standpoint, going back to feeling human, being human, and just noticing the importance of, of eating protein, good quality fats for the carnitine, for the, for the nutrients in it that are necessary to eat, uh, to make sure that we maintain a healthy metabolic system and it's essentially, uh, remain metabolically flexible that when you consume carbohydrates that you're not, serving detriment but actually helping your body to thrive more in case uh, you're being you're being you know in case a bear or something's chasing you you have to run away you know what i mean so it's it's um it's really important that we can go back to why are we eating this like why like what goal like not what goal but what function is it serving in my body and you know um one point i want to talk to, to you about which uh really i think is really important there is that um we don't forget about the importance of as you said protein as a building block fat as the fuel as the energy so because too many people when they go keto they go high protein but they go low fat and low carb and then they feel like shit and then they start losing muscle and then they start to like say well i tried keto and it didn't work for me no you didn't try keto you you you, you tried like high protein low fat low carb which essentially is gonna just tell like cause a crisis in your, in your brain because it doesn't know it hasn't become fat adapted it hasn't, it hasn't become efficient with ketone bodies and you're just depriving it of glucose it doesn't know what fuel source to pull from and that's what leads to brain fog that's what leads you to feel like crap when you start a new diet and are not able to make a lifestyle because again as i said protein is a building block and then fats or, or carbohydrates are the fuel but then i, I i'm curious like um have you so you were like very strict carnivore then, I suppose. Like you don't consume carbohydrates at all. Is that correct? Um, so zero carb is a little bit of a misnomer because, you know, for example, like, you know, one of my favorite foods to eat is like beef liver. I love like to fry beef liver and like, mm. in like salted butter and bacon fat. Like to me, that's like one of the most delicious foods I could possibly <laughs> eat. I like, I, I'm craving it right now thinking about it. And I got 30, 36 days to go now. So, um, but the, the thing that I tell people usually is when they're starting is when they're starting this, just don't, don't worry about like your weight. Don't worry about anything. Just eat the foods that are going to heal your metabolism. So eat the saturated animal fats, eat the animal protein, you know, don't be shy about it. If you feel hungry, then eat it because what's your body is your body, even and this is such an interesting concept to think about because most people can't wrap their head around this. But even if you're a hundred pounds overweight and you're calorie restricting, you're quote unquote malnourished because you're not getting enough protein. Like you're, you're, you're basically overweight because you're overeating energy and not meeting your protein requirements. You're in a state of malnourishment. And you know, there's a, there's a period where you just need to, you need to heal your metabolism. 
Yeah, you know, we go back to this idea of regaining the sensitivity to a lot of hormonal signals and uh, and a lot of hormonal milieus that are elicited in your body, you know, regaining that ability to use the energy that's coming in efficiently, the signals that, that your hormones are telling you so that your uh, the cells are able to thrive how they're supposed to be. But one point you mentioned that is really important was the, the saturated fats from animals that people tend to be really for, uh, scared about because, oh man, my cholesterol is going to skyrocket and I'm just going to die. And then, um, truly a good point. Two quick points I would really like to talk to you about there is that you know, uh, it's really interesting to see because I was reading uh, some research about this uh, a couple of days ago, which was you know, you talked about genetic, generic, genetic predisposition, how certain genes uh, we have may or may not. Uh, you know, result in certain foods causing a detriment in our body or actually benefiting us. And that's the aspect that many people actually tend to thrive better on an animal on an animal fat-based diet. Other people tend to thrive better on a plant-based fat diet like avocados, coconut oil, olives. Others tend, from a genetic standpoint, not seem to, uh, to be harmed by the saturated fats, whereas others tend to do so and then that is really hard to find like an explanation to that but then again not so not so because do you think that your environment sort of caused that adaptation your environment the food you were eating caused that adaptation just like with um, how we have come to have less uh, less you know uh how certain organs, certain like the amount of hair with it, if we have in our body has to come to uh, to change as time went by because we're going to adopt a new surrounding, a new environment which doesn't necessarily require us to have that much hair, you know, to keep ourselves yeah. warm. And I just yeah. wonder, like, uh, you know, do you believe like your is this the same with the effect foods that it have on your body? Because, for example, the Chinese population, or the sorry, the Asian, and I think the, there was the Japanese, where it was that study was run, which uh, was pretty famous, where, you know, uh -huh. there are usually a very, from a cultural standpoint, a high carb, uh, traditionally high carb uh, population, and yet they, the uh, the 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 occurrences of diabetes of of metabolic uh, disorders didn't occur so often, despite them living on a high carb diet simply because of their genetic predisposition supposedly like i believe i would love to hear your thoughts on that uh yeah no um you know i definitely think that it it just look at the way that it's played out in the evolution of of our species over time you know look at look at us now after what is it three thousand or so five thousand years of having modern day agriculture if if, if a high carb diet is so good for us then why are humans weaker than ever you know, uh, you know, look, if you read back to stories of like Cro-Magnon and, and these cave people and everything, you know, they were, they were, they were like a, a foot shorter than us, but like twice as muscular, twice as dense and everything, you know, hunter gatherers surviving on these, you know, high protein, high fat diets and everything like that. And to me, that's, that's some of the most convincing evidence that there is, in my opinion, for, you know, is, is meat a uh, good food or is carbohydrates the way to go it seems that every time a society adopts agriculture the humans get progressively weaker the and if you look at like pictures of hunter gatherers in in africa per se like the maasai or something they look like mm. they should be playing in the nfl and they're just hunter gatherers <laughs> that are eating meat on a daily basis and so you know again like you could give me the best theory about carbohydrates in the world but 
if those are the results, then well, that I'm not interested in them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I always say, you know, results are results. In fact, are far more important than just opinion and just like actual. So, I believe in fact, and I believe in in, in results as fact. I believe in in in, in research as fact, and not just you know some people's opinion or 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 supposed belief system. Mm -hmm. You know. I think that's really important, and I think our listeners are going to be able to really think about that in the future. I just, you know, not always come to this point. Um, we always like to close the the podcast with like a three very, very um, interesting questions that we like to ask every guest because it gives us a little bit more of insight into, you know, kind of mm -hmm. the beliefs, and these principles, and patterns that we've talked about so much now on today's episode. And so, um, one question that we always like to uh, ask people is like. You know, you, for example, I'm really curious in getting your thoughts on this thing because uh, people who have come to get to a certain level, who have managed to go from nowhere to to not, you know, to something, you know, I always like to call it from zero to keto hero, you know, being here, I always like to tell you, like, adopting, like, this, going from nowhere to something. We just wonder, like, is there a certain morning routine you have come to adopt? Are there certain routines you have in your morning uh, when you wake up, when you go when you start your day to get yourself going and thrive throughout the day? Uh, yeah. Um, well, so one of the things that I'm big on is is you should definitely journal. Um, you know, get your thoughts on paper because the more that you can get your thoughts out of your head and like actually see you know what you're thinking over time. Um, that's actually one thing that I, I, I really want to emphasize to do as I go through the rest of this fasting period, because instead of consuming food, I'm making it a point to consume knowledge. I want to read books, listen to audio books, as many podcasts as I can. And I want to see how my thinking changes over time, mm. you know, and, and I think that that's, you know, not just, not just for a short period of time, but, you know, just in general, I think that's extremely helpful. And then again, the journey sort of. A documented journey and then again uh, like I said earlier kind of you know one of the transitions from immaturity to maturity and accepting responsibility in your life for anything is going from that victim to that conqueror and being able to go from I am to saying I will being able to exercise your will and slay whatever dragon of chaos that you're fighting you know whatever it might be it might be sugar for me it might be alcohol for somebody else whatever your whatever your demon is you're gonna say i will not eat sugar i will overcome my sugar addiction i will overcome the the hold that alcohol has over me whatever whatever it is that you need to be once you start exercising that will and because uh because i mentioned that one of the things that i like to do is is write write down like you know write it as if it already is you know i i will you know do so and so you know it's it's almost kind of cliche, but the idea of speak it into existence. Um, but again, it goes back to this idea that we're we're so caught up in what society tells us that we forget that we are the direct creator of what we have around us. And that's in in uh, King Warrior Magician Lover. That's what the king energy is. And it's not so much being a king over other people but it's being a king over your own soul, over your own path, the kingdom within you and everything like that. And then you're able to have everything patternized and create order around you because you now have control over your own self. And, and I think that being able to document your journey and 
and exercise that will over time as you change your habits. There's like, I, I had a moment the other day where it's like, I thought back to like when I first started and I was like, man, I was a completely different person. Like I've learned mm. so much in that time. Um, and I'm so thankful for the experience and everything like that. Um, and, and on that same note is it's definitely taught me to be a lot more grateful just for everything in life, for the little things. Like one of my biggest things that I love is I love walking in the morning sunshine. It's just to, to get, to get away from, you know, responsibility for a moment and just, just, you know, be, um, you know, it kind of helps me connect with, again, what it just means to be human. You know, we're supposed to be here. We're supposed to enjoy the process of life, not be wasting away, stuck in the motions of the nine to five, you know, corporate slavery world and everything like that. We're supposed to be out there living, experiencing, learning, you know, we're supposed to be succeeding, failing, doing all these things so that, you know, as our time comes to an end here, we can then pass on what we've experienced to the next upcoming generation so that they may empower themselves. You know, uh, uh, a quote that I really like is, uh, it was about, you know, a light bulb illuminates its surroundings by just being on. So we're the same way. The only way that we're gonna be empowering others is if we empower ourselves first. Mm. Wow. So. <laughs> So many good things right there. It's, that's why it's so powerful. You know, it's crazy to believe how just one simple habit of just journaling and just being aware of where you want to go, how much of an impact it can have in your life. You know, how, like, and people tend to realize, it's said, like, wow, I'm here. Like, I'm, I'm actually doing that. And, and seeing the, the, the impact I have on others, like, the, 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 uh, how I contribute to the community is that is I think the beauty of of doing the experiences and learning to be able to to try and transmit what you've learned into other people's belief systems like um, it's not about imposing any belief system on others but it's giving them look this is what I have this is what I've gone through this is my journey what can you pull from it what can you learn from it and how can you benefit from that that's really important I, that, yeah go ahead go ahead well, I, I was just going to say, and, and I mean, on that note, I, I'm not trying to convince anybody that I'm right. You know, I, I'm not trying to say that I'm right about anything. All I'm, all I'm here to do is share my experiences and what those experiences have taught me. And uh, it's, it's pretty much, here's, here's what I know. Um, this is what I've learned. Do with it what you will. Because ultimately, I can't do anything for you and I can't do anything for anybody else. They have to do they have to make the choice to, to make a change in themselves. And uh, like we were saying, it helps to be able to have insight from somebody who's been there, who's experienced the changes. And ultimately, all I want to put out there is what I wish somebody would have told me when I was at that point in my life. Mm. You know, like it, it's, I, you know, it took me years to go from being 320 pounds to where I am now. It took, I mean, that's, it's been half my life that I've been trying to do that. And, you know, all I want to do is be like, look, this is all the bullshit that doesn't work. Here's what I did. Here's what worked. Give it a try. It might work for you. And, you know, ultimately, even if it didn't work, you at least know that's one way that's not going to work. So you can move right on to the next thing. Yeah. Well, it's very important, but you know, one well, that's one thing we cannot be certain about, but one thing we, at least you can be really certain about is our next question, which is, I think, really important. And that mm -hmm. is, 
Well, kind of a silly one, kind of a funny one, to be honest, but I think our audience is going to love that, especially coming from somebody who's, who's experimented so much with diet and with nutrition, you know, is that if you had one food for the rest of your life, if you were only allowed one food for the rest of your life to have, which one would it be and why? Like, why? Most That's hard. Um, because, I, and it's funny because people say that the carnivore diet is restrictive, but I eat like, you know, two, three, four pounds of meat in a sitting to satiety. I don't feel restricted at all. Mm. Um, one food that I would eat for the rest of my life, man, I would probably just have, I'd have to go with a ribeye steak for whatever, mm. for whatever, <laughs> for, for whatever reason just the amount of fat and protein in it is like almost perfect for human physiology. It's like every time I eat a ribeye steak, it's just like, I feel completely content in life. And it's interesting that a lot of people also on the carnivore diet experience this. And this goes back to stuff like carnitine and I believe carnosin and red meat in general is, is, you know, think about it like this, you know, if you're in a protein deprived state, you know, your body's sucking protein from your muscles and your bone because you're not taking in enough dietary protein. Well, you're slowly dying essentially, you know, I mean, like we said, you're expanding or contracting. And if you think you're the same, you're just contracting. So over time you would just be, you're slowly killing yourself by not make maintaining your body structure and everything like that. And I feel like there's this sense of, security in nutrition about eating eating this animal-based nutrition diet to where it's like i i know i'm doing what's right for me and i have no you know and this is this is going to sound kind of funny but this is one reason i think vegans are so neurotic it's because they're doing everything against what human physiology is supposed to to do like you're missing b12 carnison saturated fat from Mm. animals you know animal proteins um, you know, a lot of the, you know, iron, you know, iron in plants is not the same as iron in animals. Heme iron is way more bioavailable than any type of plant iron. Same mm. thing with vitamin A from plants versus animals, retinol versus retinol. You know, what you get from beef liver is going to be utilized in your body way better than whatever you get from plants. Mm. And I think, and I think because the nutrition that comes from meat and all these animal sources is so impactful on us. I think that it provides us like the sense of, okay, I have this security around the idea that I've nourished my body. Mm. Yeah, that's really great and really interesting because um, although I, I still keep the greens in the diet, just most, mostly for like the short, short chain fatty acids and all that, so like butyrate and all that, but, um, you know, still it is really interesting that you mentioned, not to say we're, we're going hard on any vegan, any vegetarian out there, disclaimer, full disclaimer, no, no, go what you do, do what you want, do what, you, what works for you, um, but that's really interesting to think about and, you know, I, I was reading an article the last day where they were talking about Anne Hathaway and how she went uh, from a vegan diet or a vegetarian diet now uh, how she had to give that up because you can get rid of like uh, um, mood disorders and like energy bow- uh, um, like mood swings throughout the day and that's really interesting to think that yeah this may not necessarily be the most optimum thing to follow for all type of people like perhaps 
carb protein is somewhat more important than people think you know <laughs> it's you know because people neglect that um but it's really great yeah i think it's not an easy question to answer although it's kind of like a funny one but it's still not easy like um We've had many people, you know, had different ideas. Some say uh, uh, the best food is avocado. The others say uh, it's it's pancakes. The others say it's like it's 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 a ribeye steak, as you say, or or liver or whatever. But then it comes back to your subject to how you perceive that as an individual. Like um, as I said, the reason for why it is doesn't necessarily have to be connected with nutrition because. It, cool thing here or at least the interesting thing here is to see what is it that thrives you to adopt certain things as being positive and then seeing how you know so uh, you could have come at me with like uh, i say like ice cream is my favorite food for example that's something that i would definitely have on the top of the list which i know is gonna hurt me as hell but the simple aspect of me connecting positivity with it is gonna be what's ultimately gonna um uh, cause me to categorize as as a favorite food or as and that's what I'm, I'm trying to figure out but but it's really interesting to see that um, um how certain people categorize certain foods as being positive not just because of the nutritious standpoint and the physiologic effects they have on your body but simply because of the experiences they've made with that so it's really great real quickly on that point you know one of the reasons why I answer that is you know for me personally you know, I, the way that I think personally is around these patterns of logic. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. did this get a positive result or a negative result? And then did the next action improve the situation or, you know, detract from the situation and everything like that. And the reason why I say something like ribeye steak is because, you know, to answer that question is because like, I know that if that was the only thing I could eat for the rest of my life, I would still be doing the best I could for myself to live, mm. you know, um, to essentially have optimized human health, because I really do think that an animal based diet is essential to have optimized health, you know, the you can you can tell me all about how good sugar tastes to you and everything. But the, the thing is, you know, facts don't care about your feelings, there are essential, <laughs> there are essential amino acids, there are essential fatty acids, if you look up the term essential, it means that there is something, it's something that the body cannot make and it must be taken in exogenously through diet. Mm. There are no essential carbohydrates. Your body can produce all the glucose you need. And in fact, you know, I feel like one of the reasons why my mood stability and my energy levels are so great is because in not taking in carbohydrates, my uh, blood sugar levels have essentially normalized over time because the only way that I'm producing blood sugar right now is through gluconeogenesis, which is only going to produce as much as I need because it's a very tightly regulated physiological process. Right. And so, you know, this is one of the reasons why, you know, if, if you have a problem with sugar, then just try it for 30 days because I, like I'm telling you as somebody who previously had a problem with blood sugar and mood swings and crashes and addictions to candy and everything, to, to be liberated from sugar is one of the most incredible feelings in the world. Yeah. Again, you regain your freedom, right? It's like you, you're back to uh, feeling good about who you are and where you are because you, you're not so, you're not stuck in this vicious cycle. You are free. You free yourself from that. And now you're able to try new things, new diets, new stuff, because you got that, off the, got that, that off the, out of the way, you know? And once mm -hmm. you have that out of the way, 
then you can move on and, and, and try new things. It's really, it's really great. And, and uh, real quick, and real quickly too, you know, in, in addition to, in addition to thinking of it as a lifestyle, you know, I invite people to think of it as a tool as well in their mm-hmm. arsenal of how to go about their lifestyle. So, you know, me personally, you know, at the moment, like I know that eating a pretty much an all meat diet, you know, with some dairy here and there, a lot of eggs and seafood, it's the best thing for me. I feel fantastic and I'll probably do it for the rest of my life because I feel so fucking good on a daily basis. Like to feel this alive, <laughs> like, like it's, it, you know, people, people are like, Oh, like, yeah, you, you're full of shit. Well, <laughs> you, know, you, you can believe me or not, but you know, I'm just here sharing my experience, but, um, and, uh, wow. I, I was so wrapped up in how good I was. Feeling. I forgot what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what oh, happens. <laughs> oh, oh, so, uh, I don't recommend that, uh, everybody, um, you know, do this for the rest of their life. But for example, you know, you could use it like, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do a, a elimination diet through carnivore mm. for three weeks. And then, you know, I have a, an event coming up where I'm going to have family. It's going to be social. There's obviously going to be food and whining and dining and fun. And, yeah, yeah. you know, don't, don't, don't do anything where you feel like you're suppressing from your overall greater experience yeah, yeah, is also what totally. I would say. Like, you know, unless it coincides with your decisions, like me personally, I don't mind doing that. But for somebody else, they may have reservations about that. And I say, okay, well, don't do it every single day, but, you know, understand it and use it as a tool to, okay, you know, I, I had a little bit of fun here. You know, we, we were at a, a birthday or a wedding. We had some cake. We had good food and everything. But now I can use this to get my health back on the wagon. And then, you know, I'll be in even better health by the time the next event comes up and mm. everything like that. And I think that that's a very, very sustainable way for, you know, the average audience member who might be listening to this. I think that's a very sustainable way to go about it is, you know, okay, go through this period of discipline where, you know, you cleanse yourself, you exercise your will to better yourself. And then mm. when, when the time comes, enjoy, enjoy life. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, we're human. Like honestly, we're not no robots or whatever. Like it's okay. It's okay, guys. Relax. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Like it happens. <laughs> and we're all human. We're all there to make not to make mistakes, but to enjoy ourselves and enjoying yourself. Sometimes requires you to maybe eat a little bit more carbs. Maybe eat not, you know, the foods that you would usually not eat, but then it doesn't mean that we cannot get that fixed. And then as you said, it doesn't mean that we cannot come back stronger as we were before. And um, I'm really interested because that's really good advice, but I'm really interested in getting to know, like, you know, Adam, let's say, let's just imagine, let's just imagine, you know, let's go back a little bit in time. Let's say you were back a teenager, a teenage kid, who, who hasn't started his journey, who's still worrying a little bit about where he is, what's going to do, um, what he has done up up until that point. And I'm just wondering, you know, now, now that you've gone through so many things, you know, you were you were uh, over 300 pounds, and now you managed to, man, you're doing a 40-day 40 40 day fast, you're on a carnivore diet, inspiring people, thriving and getting, you know, striving to become the best version of yourself. What would be like one piece of advice you could give a younger version of yourself to make sure you, um, as you said, are able to save some time, perhaps just 
get to your goal as fast, not as fast, but get to your goal, uh, you know, in a better or easier way that you man that you uh, had to do otherwise. I would, if I could go back and aside from telling myself the dietary information I know now, I would also say, look, it's going to be a long, arduous process, but the best way that you're going to get through it is embrace the struggle and embrace the process. And that's, you know, that goes back to the bigger message of, you know, whatever you're doing in life, you know, the, the whole purpose of living is to be present in the moment. It's, mm. it, and that's where happiness is really rooted. You know, we, we think that, you know, happiness is this projection of what we have in the future that we think we're going to be when the happiness actually comes on a day-to-day basis as you're improving yourself, as you're going through the process. You know, when you get from one to two pull-ups, you know, it's sure, it might not matter to somebody who can do 10 pull-ups, but to you, you just you just doubled your numbers. You know, you should be ecstatic about that. You're making progress. You're, you're making gains. You're moving up and everything like that. And so embrace the process. Don't get wrapped up in the goals. And also embrace the struggle because that's where the learning experience is going to come from. It's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. Mm, love that. And I think we can wrap this up with that because um, that's really good advice. You know, um, it's not easy for people. It's not easy for many people starting with keto, uh, carnivores. It's not easy for people starting with a new relationship, starting with a new social circle, new environment. It's not easy. And embracing the fact that it's not going to be easy and embracing the fact that that's what's ultimately going to help you to gain the experiences to overcome that and to go over that barrier. You know, um, I believe that's really great advice. You know, Adam, um, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. You know, guys, this has been this week's Keto Hero, Adam, right here. Um, you know, if people uh, would like to connect with you on social media, where's the, uh, what's the best place to find you? Um, well, until I get back on Instagram, um, uh, so, uh, maybe we can link it in the show notes. You can put my, oh, absolutely. Yeah. it's, absolutely. uh, you can put my Instagram. It's just my, it's just my name, Adam underscore K underscore McCurley, my last name. Um, mm-hmm. also, um, probably hope my goal is within the next 40 days of, of doing, you know, doing all this and just getting a bunch of work done. I want to get my website up where I'll do my own nutrition coaching and, and, you know, you can book a consultation for an hour if you just want to talk about getting started. And then also uh, the accountability program I'm going to be launching where it's basically 24 seven access to me. You know, you're going to be my top priority if you, if you need, because like we said, you know, the, the, it's the discipline is mechanical. It's, it's having, it's having that accountability and having that person who's been there to know to help guide you and steer you that I think where it's just like personal training. You know, why do people hire trainers if there's a million YouTube videos out there on how to exercise? It's because they need that accountability. They need that, that ability to, uh, you know, know that it's going to be okay. There's nothing like having somebody put their hand on your back and let you know that it's going to be worth it. It's going to be okay in the long run. Um, and so, um, yeah, uh, if you're interested in that at all, or you just want to, you know, send me an interesting question. You know, I just, I love talking about this stuff. You know, I can talk about it nonstop. Um, my email is uh, AK and my last name McCurley at gmail.com. We can link that in the show notes too, if anybody mm. wants to reach out to me. Absolutely dope. You know, so guys, um, you heard it. 
Adam, uh, so every, all, all the things we talked about, guys, this, on this week's episode is going to be in the show notes, so make sure to check it out. And once again, if you feel, if you could, pre- hopefully you could pick up a lot of value from this, make sure to share this, share this with a friend who's very active, who may benefit from some of these topics, help them to grow, help them to become hero heroes, help them to join the community, guys. So Adam, once again, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really. Yeah, absolutely, Hans. And I, I really appreciate you having me on, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. Dope, man. Hopefully, we'll see you one day again on the, on the podcast. Who knows? Yeah, uh, let's all right. do it. Let's do it, brother. <laughs> all right, man. So take care of you and um, see you next time. You as well, man. Have a good night. Well, folks, that's it for this week's episode of the Keto Heroes Podcast. Hopefully, you were entertained and could pick up a lot of value from it. Don't forget to check out the show notes to connect with this week's guest. And feel free to leave us a review and share this episode if you enjoyed it.